Welcome to Nerd vs. World, episode 61, Nerdpool. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. I'm Emma. And we are joined today by the architect of Oxcon. He'll be talking to us uh, about Oxford Comic Con coming up on the 5th of March. 5th and 6th of March. Awesome. Brilliant. We've also got uh, reviews of Deadpool. A couple of new shows worth checking out. One not particularly in the genre, called Vinyl. Uh, reaction to Civil War trailer, mm-hmm. and then literally whatever else we think about as we go through the show. Bunch of stuff. Bunch of stuff. There's been <laughs> lots of stuff to talk about. Cool. So, we should start, I think, with you, sir, and Oxford Comic Con. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Quite right. Uh, Thank you for joining it. us in our abandoned mental hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, we, we wanted to do something, uh, uh, and I'm not speaking in the royal we, I'm just speaking for, on behalf of my team, but yeah, no, uh, we, I wanted to do something really special in Oxford because it's a city that I'm uh, passionately in love with, and so there's um, two angles uh, which I focused on in, in this convention. The first is that I hope that we have the most beautiful venue for any convention anywhere in the world and that is in the beautiful <clears throat> examination schools on the high street. It is, you know, I was playing around with two ideas regarding the examination schools because it obviously looks like Hogwarts, mm-hmm. and it kind of is Hogwarts, yeah. let's be honest. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I was tempted also in terms of, bra- of rebranding it for the event is uh, Professor X is an alumni of Oxford University, so uh, I, you know, it could have been or it could be Professor X's mansion. So, you know, I, I what I've decided to do is just let it open and, you know, people who come can do whatever they want with it. But it is a truly stunning, um, beautiful venue. Uh, the second thing is we curated a, a series of talks which I think are truly unique uh, and special, and it's hopefully keeping in line with the Oxonian roots of this event. Um, I, we've announced uh, the first four, and I'll gladly talk about them briefly. Awesome. Uh, and then next week we're going to announce the full program. But I'm so so excited about these talks. So um, I, I can continue. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely interesting. So the, coming the, up, yeah. uh, the the first talk is is by a professor called uh, Ian Shipsey, who's an experimental physicist at the University of Oxford. And he's giving a talk called Stranger Than Fiction, um, Quark, From Quarks to the Cosmos, The Physics Behind Star Wars and Star Trek. Uh, it's, it's going to be extraordinary. This man not only is one of the world's leading physicists, uh, he was also profoundly deaf, and he's now through a, uh, a cochlear implant, implant uh, restored that. So that story is already incredible. But the, the, the talk he's going to give, I think, is going to be probably unique in the world and I'm so so excited I, I'm hoping that I won't have to work because I think I would do anything just to attend <laughs> just to hear it yeah. sweet the second talk that I announced was a, a talk called Superheroes in the Dark Side and what we can learn from the Avengers in, in global governance and it's given by a, a gentleman called Professor Danny Kwa who's a professor of economics at the London School of Economics and head of their Southeast Asia Center. And this too, extraordinary in terms of global politics, uh, global shifts in power, uh, and all through that framework uh, of the Avengers and other uh, uh, such films. So that's something very special. The other thing that's very special, and this, I'm firstly so proud that we have her coming and I'm so excited that she's coming. I, I received an email uh, from this young lady, and and um, she asked me if she could give a talk, uh, and and I loved the the talk. And then I, I found out she was in 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 Colorado, and so I, I just wanted to make sure that she realized that it was Oxford in the UK, because of course in the US there's a lot of a lot of Oxfords as well. And she said, of course, I'm jumping on a plane. I'm so excited to do this, uh, uh, and because this is truly going to be a unique 
sort of event in terms of the talks we're giving. And she's giving a talk called The Modern Gilgamesh, uh, Jungian Archetypes in Doctor Who. And uh, she has an interesting story as well. Is, is She's unfortunately blind, uh, and she's been blind since the age of 10. And so extremely proud of her, extremely proud that she's coming. We're so happy to host her, and it's going to be something very special. The last talk is, is, is uh, that, that we've already announced is, is by a local a comic book artist called Paul Duffield, uh, you know, a uh, big name in the field, and, and he's giving a talk that I'm also very excited about called Language of Comics, um, Storytelling and Visual Illiteracy, which, which I find a fascinating subject. I, I myself am a historian, so this um, idea of communicating in non verbal ways is absolutely fascinating. It's, it's, for example, what the church has been using for, you know, uh, 20 centuries uh, mm. to be able to communicate its message yeah. to the illiterate. Uh, uh, it's what uh, mobile technology is doing in parts of the world where literacy is challenging. So it's also a reason why I find the comic format to be so powerful and so important mm -hmm. is, is it, not only does it open sort of realms of the creativity, but it really impacts you in a more profound way, in my, in my opinion. So anyways, all of that to say that uh, uh, that's a sample of, of the kind of talks that we'll be giving. Okay. Uh, they've been very carefully curated because we really want it to be so, something special. Next week, we're going to announce some more, uh, and they're just going to be as special as this. Cool. So I mean, it sounds like it's got a much more academic bent than than a lot of the other conventions that we've been to. It's set some similar things to like to Nine, Nine Worlds, Worlds, where yeah, we, they get academics. I mean, we, they, we took part in a one there about neurohacking and stuff, which is kind of cool. But uh, is 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 the university actually involved in in the organisation of it, or I mean, how, how did it kind of come about? No, the university is not involved uh, at all. So the examination schools, the venue where we're holding the event, is is owned by the university, and they've been extremely supportive. But they are not involved in any other way than than that. Yeah. Okay. But the support I've received from them I is fantastic, and um, uh, Oxford University Press will also have a presence, and they'll have a speaker. Um, and and to be honest, beyond the university, the whole city. It's been amazing for me to see how the whole city has been so supportive mm -hmm. and loving of this endeavor. I mean, just me being here is, is proof of that. Mm -hmm. And I would have never expected that. Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be an uphill battle and all sorts of things. But from from every aspect of it, it's been wonderful. Yeah. So what, what was it that kind of set you in the, in the direction of, of doing this? Was, I mean, was it always somewhere like Oxford you wanted to do? Have you organized conventions before? Or? No, this is my very first one. So I've been to, to a lot of conventions around uh, Europe, but I really wanted to do this, what I'm doing, which is, and, and for me it's an opportunity as well to hopefully make learning fun and to, you know, we're going to have a lot of children as well and younger people, and I just want to make learning use the format uh you know or use this channel of, of popular culture to 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 stimulate learning and stimulate the desire to learn yeah. um so this is hopefully going to be one of the positive side effects of what we do mm. uh, yeah that's really cool i think um leading into the show we were thinking there's a lot of conventions coming up now so one of our questions was going to be what's going to be different about your convention i just think straight off the bat you've answered that i, I like the academic bent that you've taken with it. I think that's really, really cool. And I already want to go to the talk about um, comics and uh, illiteracy. That sounds really interesting to me, personally. Um, but in terms of conventional conventions, so to speak, what other attractions would you be offering at the convention? So we have uh, um, 85 exhibitors. Um, we have a large contingent of artists uh, because it, this is another thing that's very important to me is is and i'm very proud of all of them i mean the 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 artists that don't usually get a channel or, or, or apart from these conventions i really want to put them at the, f at the forefront of our event uh and then of course uh, our great partner which i'm also super excited about because for me it's it's a more special partner than most conventions or than 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 the bigger conventions 2000 ad 
uh, along with Rebellion Developments, but 2000 AD, and it's it's iconic, it's special. Um, again, based in Oxford, um, and and um, so they're going to have a, a you know very special things lined up. The other thing, of course, is the uh, the whole cosplaying dimension. Yeah. And I'm getting emails uh, from all sorts of people who are asking me if they can bring this and that. And, and f- through that, I can tell you that there's going to be some extraordinary things. Uh, <laughs> and I, I can't wait. Um, so that's in terms of the more Of course, we're also going to have a series of talks. Uh, apart from the academic um, sort of slanted talks, we're also going to have more traditional sort of Doctor Who and comic-based um, talks. We're going to have the... Uh, uh, we're going to also have a film screening, which we're going to end the convention with. Um, so this gentleman's coming all the way from L.A. to screen his uh, fan film, uh, his Harry Potter fan film, which is called Severus Snape and the Marauders. And we're, we're super excited about it. It's going to be the first um, screening outside the U.S., so hopefully that's something to look forward to. Um, and apart from that, uh, there's going to be a lot of activities happening uh in, in the schools, so so look out for that. Yeah. So here's the question. How much are tickets, and are they still on sale? So it's it's a very good question. So tickets are selling out extremely quickly. So we've already sold out of Saturday early entry tickets. There's a few Saturday tickets left. When I say a few, I mean literally a few handful. Uh, and then we have Sunday as well. It's going very quickly. Uh, so tickets are... Uh, for a weekend pass that includes early entry are $27.50, including the booking fee. Then we have the early entries, which are $15.40, and the noon entries are for £12.10. And then children under 12 come in for £5, and under 4 are free, of course. Um, yeah. Excellent. I'm quite happy I remembered that. Yeah, <laughs> nice <laughs> and I calculated the booking fee. Yeah. <laughs> That's fifth and sixth of March. Fifth and sixth of March, yeah, epic, huge. Is yeah. there a is there a kind of evening program of events with it as well, or is it just daytime stuff? There is indeed. There's going to be. Uh, there's not much I can say, but oh, okay, <laughs> hopefully, <Fair enough. laughs> no, there will be uh, something great. And uh, just <laughs> be an evening thing on the Saturday. I'm sorry. An evening thing on the Saturday. Probably on the Sunday. Okay. On Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Probably on the Sunday. We we also had a, a pre-party at the Ashmolean Museum, which again was something very special. That oh was yeah, the right heroes and villains thing. The heroes they? and yeah. villains. Yeah. yeah, the Ashmolean, and that's another example of how the city has really reached out. Is is the Ashmolean reached out to us, uh, asked if we wanted to join them in the in the Live Friday yeah. uh, event, and again one of the most gorgeous venues uh, you could ask for, uh, and some incredible cosplaying things and then just activities everywhere there were games there were talks there were plays uh, it was it was very special oh. amazing so just a couple of weeks left to buy the last few tickets uh, get on it folks it sounds it sounds pretty impressive thank you uh, thank you for joining us thank you for having me <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> That's the serious stuff. <laughs> Show us the idiot. Now we're going to completely, completely offset it. Completely ruin the vibe now by um, <laughs> talking about Deadpool. So you guys haven't seen Fair it. Right, yeah. Half half the room have seen it and half, half the, the room, room haven't. haven't. Okay, but it's it's traditional for me to do one of my reviews because I reviewed all the Oscar films. Um, but know that at least this time you don't have to convince me to go and see it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go and see The Revenant in the end? No. Did you go see Creed? No. Oh, you should definitely see Creed. Um, I, 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 I've never watched any of the Rocky films. Oh so. man, you've missed, you've missed out on an entire sort of. I think missed out is a subjective term, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so Deadpool. No one needs convincing to go and see Deadpool. No. It is frankly awesome. I almost died, straight up almost died, choking on my popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> There's one bit, I'm like, mouthful of popcorn, start laughing. And it gets stuck. It took quite a few casts before anyone offered me a drink to try and shift it. Um, It is chock full of references right from the offset and is entirely tongue-in-cheek all the way through. 
even to the, the point where the the opening credits, you know, where it says directed by and all this, mm. they just they don't take themselves seriously. It's directed by some overpaid asshat, you know, <laughs> starring a CGI character. You know, the entire thing is littered with jokes. I I got from the trailer that it was going to be funny, and I got from that that I was going to enjoy it, but I had no idea that I would be laughing from the start to the very end. Um, there are two end credit scenes which again have the whole Deadpool fourth wall breaking approach to them because they emulate a certain end credit scene from another film and they're very aware that they are actually an end credit film. Uh, the acting is superb. It's probably the best CGI Colossus I've ever seen. <laughs> Finally, like, finally Colossus has more than two well, lines. I didn't think he was that bad in the end. Oh, but he's too fucking small, man. In, like, Deadpool, he's, like, properly hench. He's exactly what Colossus should be. And he has more than two lines. And he's brilliant. Um, Marina Baccarin, who I'm guessing is probably going to be copycat based on the love interest aspect of the story. Okay. There's nothing's revealed <clears throat> in this movie, but... Deadpool 2 is in production, apparently, already, so she'll be in that. She's great. Everyone's great. Everyone looks like they're having fun. Um, it feels like a fun film to have made, and I think like that really comes across in the way it's paced and all the jokes, and I can't recommend it enough. So, so exactly how fourth wall breaking is it? Um, okay, so... They go to Xavier's school. And he asks, oh, which one, Pat, uh, Stuart or McAvoy? Right. <laughs> so, like, he's he's very aware that he's nice, okay. that he's in um, a film universe, and he's very aware that the film universe itself is slightly fucked up. Yeah. Uh, there's loads of references, references throughout, but I'm not going to spoil those because you haven't seen them. But, no. like, when you come across them, he's like, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, and, of course, like, it started this spate now where... It's the most successful R-rated film opening weekend. It's broken records for that. Um, it's the most successful opening weekend for any film released at that on President's Weekend in the States. Um, last year it was Fifty Shades of Grey, and this year it's Deadpool. So you know, <laughs> Hollywood's learning slowly. <laughs> what to give the people what they want. Um, but obviously, the talk has been that. Because it's successful as an R-rated film, maybe there is room within movies to be R-rated now. Not mm. go for, not aim for PG-13 in the States, 12 A's over here, try and uh, go for that hard R mm. or the 15. Well, I mean, I've, I've kind of heard that it, uh, some of the people who've seen it reckon that it may kind of have been erring towards an 18. Oh, what? yeah, for sure. There is no, <clears throat> there's no way it's a 15. That is, that is an 18 movie. Okay. I made the mistake of seeing it with my girlfriend. It was an epic mistake because she was horrified by the violence and I was laughing my head off. So yeah. it was a, you know. But it even realises that as well. The film the film is very aware that you're probably convinced your girlfriend it's a superhero <laughs> film. It makes a point of referencing it at certain points. So I'm wondering how many people got convinced by the, the Valentine's recut rom-com oh, that, trailer. That rom-com trailer was outstanding. Um... But yeah, there's there's no way that's a fifteen. That's that's an eighteen movie. The the violence is graphic, um, the language like he is constantly swearing. Some of his insults are amazingly creative though. Um, but yeah, the f word gets used quite a lot. Because like, apparently there there is an even worse cut of it, which is a director's cut of it, which is due to come out. I'm so waiting for that. <laughs> I'm so waiting for that cut. Um, yeah, it's but it's really cleverly done. I think. Uh, the creator of Daredevil saw it and said that it's the best imagining of his character that he's ever seen and I can see why I think it's like if you're a fan of Deadpool and I mean someone who's like read the comics not mm. someone who's just bought the costume for cosplay but an actual fan of yeah. how the narrative of his stories is significantly different to any other superhero narrative um, you'll appreciate exactly what he does because he does, he does a fourth wall break within a fourth wall break nice like, so it's like having that third yellow box you know um it's really, really good. It's well worth a watch. Uh, and now, of course, the talk is that Wolverine 3 will be an R-rated movie. The X-Force, which is basically going to be Deadpool and Friends, 
is going to be an R-rated movie. Um, well, isn't this one Deadpool and Friends? No, this is Deadpool with Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Right. Um, you know, because, as he says, they couldn't afford any more X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, so I, is this one actually a Marvel movie, or is it a, it's a, a universe? Movie, is, it, is it Fox or Universal? Fox. I think Fox, Fox have got the rights Fox. to this, yeah. Because that's, that's the only way they can combine that with the X-Men, you know. They're, they're free to make those references quite blatant and have them on screen because they're owned by the same studio. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of others that they're not allowed to make, but they still try and make them. There's like a vigilante in Hell's Kitchen who he thinks is called Scare Devil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. They push. They, they they really push what they can get away with, but it's Deadpool, so it's exactly the right sort of film for doing. Yeah. That. Um, yeah, but. Like I, I can't. Well, you, can't you, you, it yeah, you don't need to recommend it. I'm definitely going to see it. Hopefully, hopefully tomorrow. I'm probably it seeing it right after the show tonight <laughs> for the second time. Fair play. Cool. So that's Deadpool. That's Deadpool. Oh, um, I finally got around to watching The Martian at the weekend. Have you read the book yet? Uh, I got the book with it, so because I, I, I bought it in Sainsbury's. Uh, right, and, uh, I got the book for free. So <laughs> I, I will read the book because I've really enjoyed the film. What, what did you think of it? Because you were you, you weren't convinced going into it that you were going to enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know. I was weirdly prejudiced against it. But I don't know. I haven't been watching anything like Gravity or anything because one person trapped alone in. In the middle of space doesn't sound the most interesting, but it was it was an awful lot better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. I really I enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah, I, I thought it would. It kind of had moments of, of humour that were that were brilliant. The book, yes. the book is so much better. Um, well, we talked about this like when it came out, didn't we? I was just disappointed with that movie because mm. of the ending. Because that ending is just like completely convoluted. And when you read the book, you'd be like, "Oh, that's what she did," because that makes sense. Right. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, but other than that, the, and you'll see the couple of scenes they cut out of the book, which added genuine tension to it, which they cut from the film and then added this fake scene for tension. So yeah, it made no sense to me. But it, it, it works as a movie, and it's a very, very good movie. Mm. Um, but I was like, I was the level of butt hurt that I was when Tom Bombadil was cut from Lord of the Rings. Right. You know. Okay. It doesn't it doesn't make me think that the first Lord of the Rings is a bad movie by any means, but there. Are Parts of the book that I really liked that weren't in it, mm. and that was one of it. It's that it's that kind of level. But they made up for it by adding all that extra stuff in the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, dear! I still haven't watched the third. It's it's on like Netflix. I look at Netflix and it says recommended for you. Battle of the Five Armies. I'm like, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. We you wouldn't recommend that. We're going to have a falling out. Netflix. Netflix. You and me. It's like they've, they've recommended X and Y and. Uh, begin again with Mark Ruffalo and Keira Knight you're like yeah I'm watching that before I watch Legends of the Five Armies you know and that's fucking great film. It, I, I've seen it have you? yeah I've watched it I've, I've got all three of them oh do we? Um, yeah I've got them on Blu-ray <laughs> it's a you, shock yeah you refused to sit through it after you'd watched the first one I think I'm surprised if you managed to get you to watch the second one no I, I don't understand I don't even why. want to be in the same room as like a copy of that film it's like Prometheus level of avoidance for me like, yeah. That's like three quid now in Sainsbury's. I'm like, that's still not cheap enough. I want to buy that movie. <laughs> I like the Travelling by Rabbit. Oh, the Sylvester McCoy? Yeah. yeah. That's fair enough. Cool. Despite you nearly killing his rabbits last year. Yes. Sorry, in joke. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, so what else have we got? Well, do we want to talk about TV? Do we want to talk about BAFTAs? Well, what do you what do you fancy? Well, I've seen a couple of new TV shows recently. Go for it, okay. sir. So, this show is definitely worth checking out. It's called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. It's an adaptation of a Stephen King novel about time travel, starring James Franco, and it is about a. It's a corridor in a diner that you walk through and it takes you back to 1960 and James Franco has been sent back there by his friend to start building evidence for or against Lee Harvey Oswald as being the the assassin that kills JFK. Okay. So it's going back to that point um, 
and living in 1960, and or through the 60s, obviously until the the, the date of the title of the episode, which is the day he gets shot, um, picking up evidence. And it's cool because there's some parts of the past that you can change, but if there's a hard event in the past that can't be changed, the past fights back. So it's like those sort of tension-building moments as he's trying to find out when... Um, Oswald's handler first meets the CIA like he's walking through this nightclub and no one's been that far before so things literally trying to falling on him trying to kill him or like setting on fire to try and kill him to try and stop him from uh, breaking this bit of the past okay and the thing is whenever you go back to the starting point and go back to the present day only two minutes have passed in the present day and then when you go back again, you go back to 1960. So he's got all the way through to one point now, and there's been a big sort of event happen. And now he's thinking about having to reset, which means going back to the present day and starting from 1960 all again and going through. Mm. But it's about an hour and a half, I think, the pilot. Um, it's awesome. It's a really, really nice little time travel story. And obviously Stephen King's writing is brilliant. You know what I used to love is Quantum Leap. Hell yeah. Oh, yes. Hell yeah. Scott Bakula, it was maybe the greatest show ever, right? I miss it. That that, that soundtrack as well, the opening credits. Yeah. That was awesome. You're not convinced by it, are you? Especially the episodes where he plays a woman. There was just too much baseball for me. <laughs> it was only a pilot. He was always playing baseball or American football or, you know, like doing something as a sport or, or being a woman. Yeah. yeah. But he, he did the JFK episode as well. They had a two-parter for he the did, JFK, which, which sticks with me. It always sticks with me because um, Ziggy told him that he had to, had to die, I think. So they're talking through the best way to slit your wrists. Mm. And he's not wanting to do it. I, just, I remember that. That's never fucking left me. The one that I remember is the one with Stephen King in it. Not oh. actual Stephen King, but Stephen King as a character. And it's, uh, it's it was kind of a Halloween episode. And Al wasn't Al. Al was the devil the entire time in the episode. Because you see him at the end, he's got like glowing red eyes. And then Al appears and goes like, oh, who's that guy? And it's, <laughs> it's actually the devil turning up on an episode. That, that was a That's brilliant, brilliant. One. Yeah, Stephen King is a character. I once watched a Stephen King movie, I think at two in the morning, and I'm still not sure if it was real or not. (laughs) I think it's called The Langoliers. I've seen The Langoliers. It's 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 like a three hour long two part thing. Okay, yeah. So, but it if I'm right, they eat time. Yeah, you know. So basically, there's a plane, and then (laughs) it it it, some somehow it crosses into a different time stream. And then it lands, and there's no people around, and then these creatures start appearing that are just eating everything around them, trying to clean up the timeline, because they're a remnant of a timeline that shouldn't be. It's quite a good one, actually. It was, it was only a short story, because it was in... Was it uh, a Skeleton Hour, was that what it was called? It was, it's a, a compilation of short stories. There's four four short stories in the book, and one of them is the Langoliers. So it turned like a 100-page story into a three hour long movie as opposed to things like the Tommy Dockers which were entire books that they turned into a three hour long piece of crap the other show I watched is probably going to be quite niche for most people uh, I'm a musicologist so it appeals to me it's a show called Vinyl it's produced by HBO uh, pilot was done by Martin Scorsese and it is about the 70s and the Brill Building so essentially uh the rise and fall of record labels during that era and I think there's a Rolling Stones connection in there as well. It's okay it's a little overly um, I don't know I think it's taking advantage of the fact it's on HBO so it can be as sweary and as violent as it wants to be and there's probably not quite the need for it to be as violent as it is um if you're interested in that period of music history, a lot of it is probably fairly spot on in terms of um, the lavishness of uh, expenditure and, and drugs 
um, which would have been written off as taxis. Um, <laughs> there you go. If you're looking through old record label books and you see taxis, that's probably cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Worth checking out if you're a fan of the if you're a fan of uh, music history, but or Scorsese's work. But other than that, probably not one to check out. It's not particularly genre, so it's just mm, something different. <clears throat> Have you cool. seen Mo Better Blues? It's a um, it's it's a fantastic film by um, Spike Lee, uh, and it, I believe it was Denzel Washington's first movie, and he's a, he's a blues player, and that's one of my all-time favorite movies. Talking about favorite movies, yeah, worth watching for the music thing. The music awesome. is impeccable in that. Uh, I love it. one called Crossroads. Which is Ralph Machio, uh, uh, who plays a, a kid who plays classical guitar but really wants to play blues, and he finds this old uh, harmonica player in a in an old person's home, and they go on a big trip down to the Mississippi, down to the Delta, and it ends up with a head cutting battle in hell with Steve Vai. Jesus, it's awesome. <laughs> What's it called? Crossroads. Crossroads. And it's got the Karate Kid in it. Yep, amazing. And it's uh, all the music's done by Ray Kuda. Okay. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's what it was one of my favourite films when I was growing up. It was one of the the films that kind of really made me want to learn to play guitar. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's what that's that's two films yeah. to check out now. Do watch that. It's brilliant. But yeah, the, he- the head cutting battle at the end is Steve Vai actually plays both parts of it. So they have a, a guitar duel off contest for uh, Willie Brown's soul. Awesome. <laughs> it's brilliant. It really is good. That's new shows. Um, returning shows. And old films. <laughs> and old films, yeah. Uh, the Walking Dead has returned. Walking Dead came back with a bang. Oh, hell yes. Have you seen it yet? I have not, no. Did you watch Walking Dead? Not yet. All right, okay, fair yeah. enough. Oh, well, you've got like a fair few seasons to catch up on now, <laughs> so by the time you get to this episode, you'll have forgotten what we're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, was, it, it came back with a literal bang yeah. at the start of the episode which was kind of cool provided yeah. by a rocket launcher which was just thoroughly unexpected I thought for a second I was like did they know this was going to happen have they put like a, a timed bomb in one of their belongings or stuff mm. and then yeah just Daryl walks out with an RPG it's just like oh no it's, <laughs> it's, it's, like, yeah, it's nice. just the resident badass being a badass <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I didn't know how they were getting out of that. No, I, I honestly thought we were going to lose some characters there. Yeah. But uh, no, that was... That they was... saved that until later on. Yeah. They killed the entire family. They did kill off an entire family in the opening ten minutes and then a whole bunch of other people. And yeah, it got it got pretty severe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're, they're really not pulling any punches in this season now. Well, I think that's probably because we know what's coming in terms mm. of Negan. Yeah. So uh, with Negan coming along, they need to... Not that they've really ever pulled punches in The Walking Dead, um, but it it got a bit like that for a while. Though it kind of felt like it had, it it had gone a bit soft for a while in kind of season two with when when it lost you, Herschel's farm. <laughs> well, I've always maintained that that was the worst season. Yeah, that's like I think that is literally two pages of a comic book. Yeah, stretched out for thirteen episodes of a series. Yeah, just not worth it. Uh, yeah, it was um, awful. But yeah. Because with Negan, we are definitely going to lose a fan favourite. Mm. And the worst thing is we know it's coming as well. It's not going to be a shock. Yeah. It's going to come and it's going to be brutal. You said they didn't pull punches, but you, your boy didn't die last time. Carl? Well, he doesn't die. No, no you, Glenn. Glenn. Your Glenn oh, didn't yeah, die. Well, he's, he's going to. Yeah. Because <laughs> the reason we, we thought that he might survive that one anyway is because of how he gets spectacularly taken out in the 100th episode of the comic. Yeah. Which is... Which is why the, the hands of Negan. Yeah, which is why they're kind of like not pulling the punches now because when Negan does that, if they've not been built up to Negan's brutality by that point, that's just going to have people just yeah screaming. So yeah. yes, there, there's unpleasantness to come with with Walking Dead. <laughs> so it's got to the point where Rick's thinking of taking on the job of Alexandria and making it safe again. Um, we'll see how that goes for him. The walls are still holding us back. Yeah, it was it was a, a a pretty brutal scene. That the kind of montage of everyone hacking and slashing was really quite cool. I yeah. like the way they filmed that. That was really nice. It was very well done. But uh, I, I I note the Flash T-shirt, so I have to ask you whether you've been watching any of the kind of DC Universe stuff that's been on on the CW. On the, C- on the, the Arrow, Flash. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I haven't caught up to the latest things to be honest because I've been a bit busy. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the Arrow. 
great show. Flash, obviously, great show. Um, have you yet seen any of the, the Legends of Tomorrow yet? I have not. Really. Oh, okay. I haven't either. Uh, that's good fun. It's good. It's fun. It, it's pretty camp. Well, I kind of expect that. Yeah. Um, the Flash is pretty camp. Arrow is slightly the darker of the two. Yeah, and uh, and I think that it, it kind of sits somewhere in between the two because it's it's kind of slightly slightly darker humour I think than the Flash, and I think it's the, the the two guys that make it is Wentworth Miller and um, oh, the other guy from Prison Break. They are very. Those good. two are utter genius in the show. They're hilarious. The 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 two we really don't give a damn about is Hawk Boy and oh, Girl. Hawk Man and Hawk Girl. They they can irritate do one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody else <laughs> is kind of like fairly rounded characters, and and these two are just like one dimensional, and you just wish they'd go away. But oh. sadly, the plot is kind of all entwining around them. Oh, he's gonna want to kill me again. Hurry up! Yeah, let I him do it. Wish he would. Let's let's move on. That was the last Flash and Arrow crossover, wasn't it? Yeah, it was those two. It was those two? Yes. Yeah. And and they don't get any better. Right. <laughs> they are literally the most one-dimensional no. characters I've ever seen White in the show. White Canary, great character. Um, yeah. You know the the professor and yeah yeah, yeah and great. Uh, Firestorm and yeah. It's got Atom. Great. Well. Atom. Yeah yeah they're they're all great. Fine. They're all wonderfully radical, and even um, Arthur Darville is is brilliant in it. Even though he's so blatantly Doctor ripping Huey. off Doctor Who, really, he's a he's a time master. Okay, who uh, <laughs> steals a time ship, <laughs> okay. which has a wardrobe that can make clothes from any era. <laughs> It has it, it has the ability to camouflage itself. <laughs> but does that busy work? Does it work on his ship? Is it, it broken? It, it kind of works at the moment, but we'll see. <laughs> if it breaks into a phone box, then fair yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's, then, then you can call bullshit. It, it's kind of like Doctor Who crossed with Captain Jack. It, it's yeah. basically what he's playing. It almost sounds like the Doctor Who um, spin-off that was in Community. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. If that's... you could just remove the Hawk people, yeah. we'll all be very happy. Cool. Because they've already said in the plot that you know they kill off the hawk people and then they don't come back for centuries. So if they could do that again, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, what else has returned? Um, castle. 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 A, a two castle. 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 Yes, castle. I am brilliantly handsome, aren't I? <laughs> no, that was a good two-part. It was. Came back. Um, it was good because the, the episode preceding it was a bit dull. The one set in the theatre, yeah, that was yeah, that wasn't great. But uh, no, it's... like mad Russian chap. Oh, I think yes. he was awesome. He needs to come back. The guy from Spartacus. Yeah, he yeah. has to come back. That was a great character. Um, yeah, he would be good to come back. Yeah. But yeah, that show is just. It's finding its feet again. It's had to for this season. Yeah, and I think they've changed the dynamic of it quite a lot yeah. now with, with you know, Castle opening up his own PI firm yeah. and stuff, so it's it's changed the dynamic quite a lot, which is good. It's because they weren't ready for this season. They mm. didn't think they were going to be renewed. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, it's back, and it's cool. And we're nearly out of X-Files. See, already. I'm still just on episode one of the new X-Files. Are you an X-Files fan? I haven't watched the new ones, but the old ones I, I used to watch religiously, you know. Yeah, so I think we spoke on the last show about it. As I'd seen most of the first episode on on the last show, and it it, it is like kind of putting on a, like a comfortable old coat again after a lot of years of not wearing it. But it is funny. But then, yeah, then it 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 go. It's just gone utterly mental and has just decided to start taking the piss out of itself mercilessly in some of the episodes. <laughs> episode three is the the most batshit crazy episode I've ever seen of the show, and it's but it, brilliant. It says a lot about humanity and goals and what people strive for, mm. and and. Is that logical or is it illogical? Um, and I think it made some really, really good points. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it it I can't say much about that episode without ruining it, but you have okay, to you I'll have to watch that one. But in, in but it's called Mulder and Scully Meet the Were, Were Monster. Monster. So at the start of it, when you open up, you actually get Tyler Labine getting stoned with this girl in a forest, and you know Tyler Labine is a great actor. 
and he's in it just as Stoner he's number one. Stoner number one. He didn't even get a name. Oh, brilliant. It's, a, it's like the whole of Hollywood were just fighting to get cameos in it. <laughs> I swear that's what's happened. Like some kind of battle royale had to go on to see if people would get even a, even a walk-on role in it. So he, only had a, he was only in it a very small amount yeah, of was time. Yeah, 30 seconds and at the start. On IMDb, he's about fourth from the top of the cast list. Yeah. yeah. But then episode five is also very, very odd. And without giving too much away of the episode, you get Mulder on an acid trip, going line dancing, <laughs> amongst other things. It, it is crazy. Okay, that's, that's one to check out then. For sure. So, yeah, one episode left to watch of that. And uh, from the trailer of it, apparently, it, it's a kind of wrapping up mythology episode. Okay. So, kind of looking forward to seeing how they deal with that. That's cool. Um, I went up and caught up on Peggy Carter. Peggy oh, Carter, Agent, Agent Carter. Carter after the last episode and we were talking about the the Hellfire Club mm-hmm. her name's Frost yeah indeed how did, how did I not even twig that her name was Frost yeah so yeah it's probably going to be some sort of um, they don't say Hellfire Club and she's got a different name apart yeah. from the fact that she's Frost apart from Frost she's got a different name and they can't say Hellfire Club because that's um, X-Men yep so that's not owned by Marvel or ABC um so it'll be some sort of, but yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. Some sort of spin-off for that. Yeah. But it's interesting, there was a, an article today that uh, Hayley Atwell is going to be the pilot of something new on ABC, so... I think they've cancelled it. I think they've cancelled Agent Carter. Yeah, I was going to say, so, so the, the future of Agent Carter is pretty much... Yeah, it's going to be this season's the last season, which... Mm. Which is fair, because, well, no, I think it was only ever supposed to be a limited run season because she already had a start and an end point in, in the universe. Yeah, that's true. So the, there was only a certain amount that you could actually do with her as a character. Yeah, that's true. That's given that she's supposed to be pining away for Rogers. Yeah, and the film continuity kind of ties up what you can do with her. That's fair. Um, and she's in, yes, things a lot later on as her old self, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, so then there was trailers of new Marvel stuff as well. Yeah, so the Civil War trailer... Where you see the, the sides have definitely been taken, mm. and I've had this discussion on the Facebook page. I'm fairly sure that we're seeing a version of Iron Man's Extremis armor, um, which will be cool. That's kind of been set up since the end of Iron Man three, yeah. So it makes sense. Um, whether we see him use that as a last resort type thing in the fight against the Cap, we'll wait and see. But it does look like it. It's just the scene where there's a scene where you see um, armor come out of Tony Stark's skin. Now he is wearing a watch at the time, so it's been pointed out that it could be uh, a smaller version of the suitcase from Iron Monaco in Iron Man Two, which is possible. My counter to that is why would you want to remind anyone of Iron Man Two because <laughs> that film was terrible. Uh, the one with the big gaping plot holes. Yeah, oh yeah. That's the one with Whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one with Whiplash. Um, so I think I think it is Extremis. The the watch could be something that just triggers the nanobites uh, into into action to come out through the skin. So it's some sort of link to his undersheath. But yeah, no, I think it's Extremis. I think that's going to be very, very cool. So I'm judging by your your, your uh, Facebook picture that you're your team cap, are you? Yeah, I painted today to um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, so they've released a picture for that. But yeah, I was Team Cap. Mainly, and this is going to sound really bad, because it's got Scarlet Witch on the team. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Elizabeth Olsen, full-on Crush of the Week. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's that time. It's Crush of the Week again. Fair uh, enough. So Purple Paul Bettany wasn't doing it for you? That's what's confusing me, is why is Vision on one side and Scarlet Witch on the other? They're meant to be... You know, the seeds for the Vision Scarlet Witch relationship were were definitely put out in mm. Age of Ultron. Yeah. So why? Well, their relationship has never been easy, I suppose. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense. Um, and Black Panther is on Iron Man's side, which also kind of confuses me because um, I would have thought Stark had been mining. 
Wakanda for vibranium <laughs> for so long. Why would he, you know? Black Panther is an Oxford alumni as well, by the way. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Black Panther. I think Black Panther is going to be extraordinary. It's going to be mm. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be amazing. When is that? 2018? Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be great. But yeah, so he's on Iron Man's side, which was confusing. Um, maybe and, he's a bit um, more capitalist in this version. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Black Widow is on Iron Man's side. I thought Black Widow would have stood with the Cap too. So yeah, the I thought got, her and, and Hawkeye would have been on... Well, the Cap's got Hawkeye, mm. Ant-Man, Falcon, Bucky and Scarlet Witch. We see Ant-Man. Ant-Man, I would have thought, would have been more on... Well, no. Ant-Man's definitely Cap because of... Um, Hank Pym's relationship with Tony Stark. Ah, uh, of oh, course. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's that's why um, Scott Lang. Is okay, that makes sense. Doing on the cap side. That was well seeded in that man as well, I think. So, but yeah, there's still there's a couple of confusing choices, but we'll see how it plays out. But the, the trailer just looks fucking awesome, and I think with all Marvel trailers. We might have seen a bit of the final third of the movie, but with mm. no context. Yeah. But the rest of it is probably first third, mm. opening third section of the film. That seems to be their their go to with trailer makeup. Yeah. So yeah, nothing's been given away. I wouldn't have said. But it looks fucking awesome. What doesn't look awesome is the Ghostbusters teaser trailer. <laughs> I, I haven't seen this. Is it bad? It's so fucking bad. Like, it's thirty second tease. You don't see the cast. All you see is like police cars speeding through New York City and like guards being set up and the whole tone is just like if there's not a joke at the end of it I'm going to be pissed because it's super grim dark and like if there's any film out there which should not be super grim dark it's Ghostbusters like if you're making this a grim dark film then you are missing the fucking point of this movie It can't be grim dark it's got a it's got a uh, a nerdy Hemsworth yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they've literally gone complete role reversals for everybody. Yeah. It's just like oh, four female ghostbusters. It's like a male receptionist. Um That's cool. Uh No, it, it just looks so bad. And like I've seen some of the they they've released pictures of the toys that you can get with it, and one of the toys is like you know the ghost that's in the logo? Yeah. Yeah, one of the toys is that, and there's two versions of him. There's like a scary version of him and a not scary version of him, and it's like he's a character in the film. They've got a Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, they've got a Flying Hound, and they've got the um, the logo, the Ghostbusters logo as a monster. Okay. And there's a demon, there's a human demon lord who's like one of the main bads for it, and it's like, what the fuck have demons got to do with it? I mean, like, okay, so. Zul was a god, but that's like slightly different to a demon. Um, I've never had much hope for this movie. I'm perhaps having less hope for this movie. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> if, if that's possible, I think. Um, oh, speaking of, of ghosts and demons, I, I was got some comics through yesterday, and I was like, I haven't seen a Con- uh, Constantine or a Justice League Dark for a while. That's because they've both finished. Oh, no. <laughs> Constantine, well, Constantine has apparently restarted as Constantine the Hellblazer. Yeah. So they've finished that, and they've done that, but Justice League Dark's finished. They Well, they rebooted the universe again, didn't they? Gutted. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I thought I hadn't seen one for a while, so it's like, yeah, they've just cancelled the comics that I get, thanks. Yeah, my pull list is still waiting for me back in Worcester. I go back there to get them like whenever I can. Yeah. Um, I'm loving some of the Vertigo titles at the moment, though. Jack is very good. New Romancer is awesome. Um, and I'm waiting for Survivors Club 1 and 2. I've got 3 and 4, but 1 and 2 are on back order for me. So I need those to come in before I can start reading them. Um, and then Lucifer, which mm. I liked. Um, I liked the issue 1 of that. I'm going off the TV show. I still haven't watched any of the TV yeah, shows. I've just yet. watched. I've just finished the fourth episode of that, and um, it's got a little bit interesting in that Chloe, who's the cop, caught a vision, caught a glimpse of Lucifer's true face in the mirror, and then, like he finally convinces her that he's the devil, like he's immortal. He says to shoot me, so she shoots him, and he bleeds and he's in pain. And he's like, what? That this isn't meant to happen. What's going on? So there's obviously something there with her being the only person who can like kill him or something. I don't know. 
it's just a bit shit. That sounds rubbish. It's kind of... It's it's utterly disposable TV. It's like one of those shows where you can just sit down and watch and it's completely inoffensive uh, and it might make you laugh on occasions. But if you missed a couple of episodes, I, I wouldn't cry about it. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't rush to, to go out there and catch up. But if you're looking, if you're bored and need something to watch to kill like 40 minutes and a few brain cells, Lucifer is perfect for the job. Fair enough. So I won't be uh, hanging on it to be released on uh, on Amazon. It's well, it's on Amazon anyway. Yeah, but it's being released weekly, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if, if you're I'll on leave Am- it and then use uh, use it to fill up a rainy day at yeah, some yeah. point. If you're on Amazon Prime, you should be watching uh, Mr. Robot if you haven't already. I still or, haven't watched that, but we've been watching Outlander. Yeah, or that, or catch up with The Man in the High Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, those three shows, are the ones that you should be watching. Uh, and watch Constantine again, just yes. because Constantine. <laughs> Have you seen that? No, I want to watch Man in the High Castle. Actually. Yeah, it looks pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. And Mr. Robot, have you seen that? No. You should definitely watch Mr. Robot. That's an awesome show. Very, very good show. Is Christian Slater in that? Well, Mr. Robot? Yeah. Yeah. It is, right. Yeah. I, I keep seeing him going, I'm sure that's Christian Slater. Yeah. It is. All right, cool. They beat out some decent competition this year at the Golden Globes to win awards. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. Um, the, the lead actor in that is incredible. Cool. Should we wait for a no, I suppose carry on. Um, interestingly, as, as something we were talking about a while ago, is that uh, the BBC Three thing that got switched off yesterday, so yeah, that's, that's now online just only. Just online, yeah. Well, it's interesting to see how that uh, how that pans out. Now, uh, one of the main things they had to do was dropping Family Guy, so that's now gone to ITV Two, I think it is, or ITV Three, one of them, because yeah. they just couldn't couldn't afford it because it was going online only. That Family Guy was eating up their entire budget. Yeah. See that. that the BBC has confused me recently because they recently um, sold half their rights for the rugby. I mean, this is sport, so it's a very quick section, so don't turn off at this point. Uh, I'm a proud supporter. Off. I'm a proud supporter of the Irish rugby team, and I look forward to the Six Nations every year. Um, but all the Irish home matches are on ITV player instead. So they sold all the, I think it's the Welsh, Irish, and I think the English home matches are on ITV. So they sold the rights to those to save money and then spent that money buying five international championship cricket matches. Like, what the fuck, BBC? I mean, I get cricket is also a popular sport. Not for me. Um, but why would you ditch the Six Nations in favour of a couple of cricket matches? Makes no sense. But that's just like, that's a mini rant. And that's me done. I'm, I'm done. Because, yeah, I'm done. Because the look you're giving me. <laughs> My eyes just glazed over. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, that's like that's like a, a mini, mini rant. That's fun. Cool. Let's get back on topic. Cool. Uh, we're pretty much getting to the end, but uh, so uh, we have to ask, as we do to, uh, to every guest on the show. We need your five films for our films you have to see list. So this is very difficult. Um... It's going to be a very random, eclectic selection, but... Totally fine. Perfect. I've tried to do it by genre, but there's one genre that is probably my favorite genre of films, which are mafia movies. And so I had to choose, it's very difficult, between three that I love uh, very much, The Godfather being, for me, one of the greatest movies ever made, Mm -hmm. just an absolute classic, Goodfellas, and Donnie Brasco. Okay. And I think I've decided for Donnie Brasco because I think Donnie Brasco is the one that had me more emotionally involved in the characters. And at the end, I didn't really know whose side I was on because, uh, as as Donnie Brasco himself, right, yeah. who 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 stays true to his um, to his mission, but you can see that he feels bad for snitching on on um, Al Pacino. So Donnie Brasco is definitely one of them. Then. I have to say, and I, you know, I made this list based on on movies that have impacted me the most, or who, who, who make, or that mean something to me. So, yeah. w- one movie that's really impacted me was The Matrix, mm. and, and I think I went to see it seventeen times in the cinema. Yeah. I went yeah. nine times right. the cinema <laughs> to see it. Yeah, uh, that really opened up a whole new world of, yeah. of cinema for me, and it was yeah. just uh, incredible. And you know, 
This is gonna be controversial. A lot of people hate the third matrix, but I once watched all of them in a row and I love the third matrix. It makes sense and it's a beautiful ending to the whole trilogy. But anyways, if I had to choose one of the three, it's definitely the first one. I, th I think I would agree with you. I think there's, there's big sections of the Matrix uh, reloaded that could be done without and could have been shortened down to being two. But a lot of the stuff that happens at the end of Revolutions is, is pretty cool. And I like the ending. I like the whole Battle of Zion and things. That was fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, I've always maintained that Matrix Revolutions, the third one, is one good film sandwiched between two bad films. Yeah. The, the whole Battle of Zion part of that is outstanding. I'm just not a fan of the things that come before yeah, or after. Yeah, because there's all the, the car chase and the explainer and... Yeah. yeah. Cool. Then, in in, uh, in the spirit of fairness, I've chosen one DC and one Marvel. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dark Knight, I think, is still... I mean, for me, it created the new genre of superhero movies. It brought it to the next level and mm. everything else. Um, I mean, it's... You know, I can watch that today again and just be shocked like it's the first time I saw it so that's the only yeah. one then it, on the Marvel side I actually went for Ant-Man because I found Ant-Man so fun uh, I I am to agree I thought yeah. Ant-Man was the best Marvel film of last year I thought it was better than Age of Ultron by a mile and it oh, went yeah. straight into my top five all-time Marvel films it was amazing yeah especially the end sequence yeah when, the, the top of was, the tank engine fight was just genius you know you, you always get on top of train fights in yeah. films but to make it Thomas Tank Engine just <laughs> exceeds expectations. But it, it, was, it, was, it was more than that, though. Yeah. It was more than like um, playing with the scale of the character and the scale of the set, but it was the scale of the hero. Yes. It was, was also massive, and the fact that this wasn't a big world-changing plot, this was, this was quite a personal thing. Mm -hmm. It was a redemption arc for him. It was a personal battle against his criminal intent, you know, and there was the whole familial aspect of it. It was, it was awesome. There was no yeah. Sokovia being lifted into the sky. It was literally just the final set piece took place in a house, and yeah. like that brings home the scope of the movie. And I thought that was what made that film just so good. And they had a rather beautiful new pet. Yes, they did that little hand. Well, that little hand, that big fuck off hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I have I completely agree with you on that man. I thought that was exceptional. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and and you know it was a difficult choice for me between Ant Man and Guardians of the Galaxy because mm. Guardians of the Galaxy I had so much fun as well, yeah. and and the music is is brilliant, and, and uh, again it, it's one of these movies you're just entertained and just in a good mood for two yeah. hours. It's just amazing. Anyways, the fifth movie, it was it was difficult because I was either going to go with a classic, or I was going to go with something new. So there's an Italian movie called The Great Beauty, which if you haven't seen, I recommend. It's three hours long, but it's basically a poem on film. It's, 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 you know, I have a bias because I have an Italian uh, origins, but it's a gorgeous film. Just even to look at it, it's filmed in Rome, in the most beautiful parts of Rome. And he, he, at the end of the three hours, I, I wanted it to be longer. So it, it was just a, an excellent movie. Now, if I made say what I would like to see and there's just one movie that I please ask if Marvel is listening I want a Silver Surfer movie <laughs> I want it so badly because I liked how he appeared in the Fantastic Four everybody hated that movie I didn't think it was that bad but the way Silver Surfer appeared in that movie I thought was great but I, he needs his own movie he's my favorite comic book character I will agree with you completely I, Silver Surfer was one of the first comics I ever collected when I was a kid and I loved it to bits and I was gutted at the, at the way that they didn't come out with a Silver Surfer movie after they'd done a backdoor pilot in the Fantastic yeah. Four. I was gutted that it didn't happen. I think the issue with a Silver Surfer movie is going to be that there are various studios that have rights to him. Because I think Marvel still have rights because of the whole um, Galactus aspect of it. Uh, and then Fox and X-Men and then Universal and Fantastic Four. So I think, yeah, it'll be... If it can be arranged, I think it'll be a cross-studio collaboration. But... Mm. Hell yeah, we'd love to see that. In, in the vibe of all these, you know, the Civil War movie and then Superman vs. Batman, you could have Silver Surfer versus Thor, Silver Surfer versus Spider-Man, like in the original series. It mm. would just be the greatest movie ever, so it has to happen. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, good call. All right, I think that's about it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Not a problem. That is all for this time, folks. Until next time, I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. I've been Emma. And I am the architect. And See you at OxCon. And until next time, 
Take care and be excellent to each other. Oh, 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 oh